Get your Bibles out and go to Acts chapter 1, verse 1. I did something tonight I have never done in my life. I left my notes at home. But I don't think, I don't think I'm real worried. Somehow or another, that doesn't seem to worry me much. Because sometimes I don't use them anyway. Ha, 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 ha. How many of y'all were here Sunday night prayer? Was that wild? Was that awesome? I mean, you know, you can't make that up. Okay, thank you for y'all. You, you, can't, you can't sit down and plan a prayer meeting that looks like that. I mean, the anointing of God in this place and uh, the Sunday morning, I mean, just let God come in and, and just do his thing. Amen. And I'm believing God for a lot more of them. Amen. Amen. So in Acts chapter 1, I'm going to start a sermon. It's my sermon tonight is called The Standard. And the reason for it, you'll hear the reason in a minute. But I want to go over the first chapter of Acts. And um, I'm, on, I'm on this thing God's got me on about this guy called the Holy Ghost. And I, to me, the church in America today does not fully understand him. And, and churches, you know, when I was younger, I went to a Pentecostal church for a while, and they really did roll in the floor, and they speak in tongues, and they would shake and do all kind of stuff. And I was a heathen, and I wasn't, I wasn't even a Christian. And I thought, well, that's kind of crazy, you know. And, of course, it didn't impress me one iota. And, and you know, but I was aware of Pentecostals. My sister, Robin, married a Church of God preacher's son. And so that's why I went to a Church of God as a kid. And I watched them run around like chickens and fall on the floor. And, you know, and I heard they were holy rollers. And I figured if you're a holy roller, you should roll. So they rolled. And so, you know, that was my indoctrination into that. I was raised in a Baptist church. And when I say that, I mean, I was an Easter, Christ, Easter Christmas Christian. And in the summer, my mother took me to vacation Bible school. So I had a little bit of knowledge of God. Um, I do remember once I was sitting in church and I felt to go forward. No one prayed with me. They gave me tithe envelopes. And I went home and I put a dime in one and mailed it in. And I thought to myself, I got no money. And so I don't know what I did with them. But I did give God a dime, and I hope that I gave, get, that came back good measure, pressed down, shaking, again, and running over. But I had a knowledge of God, but I didn't know God. Um, I knew, I, you know, I knew about him. I believed in Jesus, that he existed, but I had no concept of him coming to the earth and being born again until the day that my mother drugged me to a crusade. Now, when I say drugged me, she sort of did, but she sort of didn't because I was going to go to underground Atlanta on her dime. It was penny beer night, and I had a lot of pennies. And so I tolerated going to this crusade with my mother. Now, my mother was a very persistent person. When it was time for me to get saved, she just drugged me, you know, came and got me. You need to, you need to go, you know, and and, uh, of course, you know, I didn't have any money, and so just going anywhere was nice, you know. And so my mother drags, drags me to this crusade, and you know that I got healed in the crusade. Now, that, the, now that ha I'm, I'm not going to go into great detail because most of you all have heard it. 
But, you know, it's a game changer when you're a heathen and you're in a crusade and you watch a boy walk up on the stage and he is deaf and dumb and his glasses look like the bottom of Coke bottles. And, you know, even though I'm a sinner and, uh, I, you know, I, I didn't give, I didn't, I didn't like their music, the, 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 the trio, the do, 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 po, po. and I thought, oh, my God, if I can just get through this day, it'll be fine. So, but, you know, the quartet thing, and I didn't like that. And, 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 but, but anyway, uh, the preacher got up and preached on Rahab the harlot and the scarlet cord and the blood of Jesus, and it made no sense to me, but I got it, until he started praying for people. And, and when he prayed for this boy, and he, people would come up on the stage, and, of course, I'm watching. I have nowhere to go, so I'm going to watch. This little kid comes up, and, and uh, he, puts his, he puts his finger in his ear, and he goes, yeah, you know, something like that. And then he turns the kid around, and the kid's face was stark terror. I thought, they didn't pay him. Because he never heard a noise, and people were clapping, and he is like, withdrawing from the noise that he'd never heard before. And so um, the, the preacher is, then he turns him around and he puts his finger and he prays for his tongue and he casts the devil out of him. And he turns him around and he says, say baby. Now you have to understand, this kid's never heard English. So he doesn't know English. He doesn't know any language, but he can hear baby. And so the kid is looking at the crowd, and he goes, baby. And I'm sitting there, and that's what got me. I thought, oh, that's God. Now, I'm 21 or 22. I'm 22 at the time. I'm a full-blown heathen. But that touched my heart, that God would do that. Now, the next thing that touched my heart was me because I'm sitting there sick as a dog. Um, I took karate, taekwondo, for a, a, a while. And one time when we were fighting, I would get down after we fought and do push-ups. And I pulled something in my neck, and I had headaches for like nine months, and they never quit. I just had them all the time. And I smoked three packs of non-filter camels every day. And my sinuses were just wrecked. That meant that I'm running around spitting all the time. And it's sinus headaches and headaches. And I'm 22, I'm sick, I'm broke. And, you know, this looks good to me. So that's when I started praying, God, if that's you, heal me. I mean, why not? I mean, I tried everything else. I mean, come on. I'll, I mean, I'll go for this God thing if I can get healed. And that's when the devil spoke to me. And y'all know the story and said, if you, you know, if you stand, if you, if he calls you out, you'll be embarrassed. Well, I'm sitting in a crusade with Pentecostals. And I've got a beard, long hair, blue jeans with holes. I was so vogue and didn't know it. I threw a lot of hundred dollar jeans away. Y'all know that? But, but then, I mean, I didn't have a choice. I only owned one pair of jeans. I couldn't afford Levi's. These were Cherokee jeans I got from the Army Navy store. It cost me five bucks. 
And so I, I'm in these jeans and I'm in hush puppies with holes in the bottom. And the Lord speaks. Of course, y'all have heard this, but let me go over just a minute. And he said, well, you're the weirdest looking dude in this place. Why are you now, now you're concerned about what everyone thinks? And, you know, I didn't know God was talking to me. And, I, I mean, there's just voices. You know, I heard voices all the time. Go kill him. I heard voices. You know, go rob a bank. I heard voices. It's voices weren't new. So, anyway, this voice is speaking to me. And, I, and it kind of dawned on me, you know, that's right. Why am I sitting here acting like I care what people think of me? He kind of challenged my ego a little bit. So I bowed my head and prayed, and, and I made a deal with God. Watch what you say to him. He might think you're serious. I was. And I bowed my head, and I said, God, if you'll heal me, I'll go up front. And You know, I mean, I was ready for a change, but, you know, I'm just dickering. I'm bar you know, I mean, I'm a con artist. I've been shafting people for 22 years. I'm about to put one over on God. I'm going to make a deal with you. Hey, dude, let's make a deal, man. You know, so, so he took me up on it. I said, I'll go down front and give my heart to Jesus. But I said something to him because of the way he said it. I said to him, if you heal me, I will stand up and shout praise God, and I don't care what they think. That's what I said to him. And when I said that, Y'all know who the preacher was. It was Ernest Angley, and I don't tell anybody that because he talks so weird. Have you ever heard him talk? Baby. That's because he got healed by the power of God as a teenager, and he went to school and learned phonics. They didn't teach him to talk like you and I. They, they, the deaf and dumb school teaches people phonics. My mom didn't teach me phonics. So he grew up talking funny, and I didn't. So anyway, I don't tell people that because they go, Ernest Angley, he's weird. Well, he is weird. But anyway, so, so I, when I said that, Ernest Angley pointed at me. Now, you understand, there's 5,000 people in this room. This is, a, this is a big building in downtown Atlanta. And he's on a stage down there. And there's an aisle down the middle with ushers sitting everywhere. And, you know, in the band. I mean, it's just a big building full of people. And he pointed right at me and said, thus says the Lord, there's a young man sitting back there that just said this. And I got offended. <laughs> I said, that is none of your business. I was talking to God. It's amazing how ignorant I was. And then I had this thought, maybe God told him that. Tells him everything else. And it just kind of dawned on me. That's the Holy Ghost talking to me. I didn't know that then. So he, so he said, stand up on your feet. And I, and I remembered what I just said. I, I jumped up. Che was in my lap. And I don't know what happened to her. I, don't, I didn't move her. She just disappeared. I mean, somebody took her. And I jumped up and said, praise God. Just like I told him I would. Holy Ghost hit me right in the top of my head. I thought somebody poured hot molasses over my head. I wasn't Pentecostal, but I'm standing there going like this. I'm, I mean, I'm, 
And I mean, every devil in me went out. I mean, it was like, whoa, devils went out, and I could have talked in tongues right there. I don't remember running to the altar, but I did. I just remember going from there to the altar. And I got down there, and you had to pray this prayer. Oh, God, I'm a sinner, and all these things. And, and secretly in my heart, I was praying, if I go to hell, it'll be your fault. Because I don't know squat nothing about being a Christian, but I'm ready to do anything with my life, you know. And so I left the meeting that night, and everybody's happy. That, that the, he, my mother is happy. My mother's best friend is angry because her son came to the meeting and didn't get saved. And she thought if the two of them should have gotten saved, it would have been her son because he was better than me. I mean, I'm a heathen. He's like a nice college school boy heathen. Don't, he don't do drugs, don't do nothing. So why would God pick a heathen over my son? So this lady and my mom, that didn't go very well, that her son got sa healed, saved and healed, and her son did not. Anyway, but uh, I, I thought to myself, who gives a rip, you know? I'm glad I went, didn't go to hell. So I went home that night. I think I got home that night, and I rolled a joint to celebrate being saved. I'm in the bedroom smoking dope. You know, just rolled up one and... I mean, I hear it talking, and all of a sudden, someone starts talking to me again. It's that guy in the building, and he said, you don't need that. And I looked around the room. I mean, this is good stuff. <laughs> Do y'all have any idea how much Bible I knew? John 3, 16, it's all I knew. The God so loved was all I knew. And he, I said, he said, you don't need that. And I said, who said that? Because it's not normal to be standing in a room alone and have someone to get in a conversation with you. And I said, who said that? He said, it's me, Jesus. And I said, where are you? Because, you know, if you smoke dope, you're always looking. You know, guilty people look guilty. Can I stop this story and tell you all a story? One time I came out of, I came out of um, Western Electric and I was so stoned. That I was on the highway and cars were speeding. Everybody was speeding. They were driving by me going, whoa. And I was going, cops are going to get them. Cops are going to get them. Cops are going to get them. <laughs> and I got about three or four miles down the highway and I thought, I should go into second gear. <laughs> and I shifted into second. Yeah, that's called stoned. Y'all understand? So, so when you're a, when you're a dope when you're a doper, you're always looking, you're always watching who's 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 around you. You know, you're paranoid, even though there's nobody there. Yet. I still do it today. What are you doing behind me? Okay. So I'm in, I'm in my bedroom, and the Lord says, "You don't need that." And I said, "Who said who said that?" He said, it's "Me, Jesus." And I said, "Where are you?" He said, "I'm in you." Oh, that's weird. Now, you, I, now, they didn't tell me that in church. All they told me was that Jesus died on the cross. And most people, he's still there. But you know, he, in, now that's weird. I'm in you. What are you doing? Oh, that's weird. I said, what are you doing in there? He said, you asked me. And I said, I did. Welcome. But this is still weird. And he said, you don't need that. And I went, mm, yeah. He said, put it down and get your Bible and come on. I got work for you. Now, you understand... How would that have happened in a normal church? Do you think they would have reached me? No. No. 
Are y'all ready? Because I hadn't gotten a word yet. Acts 1-1. Are y'all This is, I understand that I, I understand that I'm changing gears here for a minute. Y'all want to hear more crazy stories, but I got to get in a word. <laughs> the former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do. He's not finished. See, at the book of Acts, he's not dead. All that he began, he's still working. So Luke, who, who wrote the book of Luke, is now continuing his story. So really it should be Matthew, Mark, John, Luke, Acts. Because Acts was written by Luke and it's just a continuation of the book of Luke. So he said he starts off the former account of the book of Luke I made of the authors of all Jesus began to do until the day which he was taken up after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen to whom he presented himself alive after the suffering by many infallible proofs being seen by them during 40 days and seek pertaining the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me. John baptized you with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, let's stop for a minute. If you have your Bible, go to John 20, 21. No, go to 2019. All right, now let's say, I want, let me, let me, let's go over something here. Because even when I was in Israel and we were with all of the preachers, they were constantly saying, you know the book of Acts, chapter 2, when the church began. Everybody says the church began on the day of Pentecost. Did it? No, it did not. So I'm going to read it to you. John tossed yet, right? The word Pentecost means 50. Are you all here? That means that in 50 days from right here, something's going to happen where the Holy Spirit's going to be poured out. Now, Jesus has come back, and he's walking with his disciples for 40 days before he left. So he left 10 days before Pentecost. He went off in the air and said, oh, you know, angel said, when you, you know, he's going to come again one day. Now, uh, boy, my head went into another scripture real fast, and I need to get back. What, is, what constitutes being born again? You believe that he died on the cross, rose from the dead. Everybody agree with that? John, Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you believe he died on the cross, rose from the dead, you're saved. So, John, let's, let's read this. 20, 19, and the, the same day was evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut. The disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, and he said, Peace be to you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his sides, and the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Now, he's just risen from the dead. He just walked through the wall. And you understand, now, when I was in Jerusalem, I learned something really cool about Messiah. Why don't the Jews believe in Jesus? That became my big question. I found out they've had a lot of messiahs. People come along and say they're messiah. But what happens to prove that he's not? He dies. 
Kind of hard to be the Messiah if you're dead. Now, every Jew, and I, and I learned this in Israel, even today, the Jewish nation in Jesus' day did not have a concept that Jesus would take care of sin. They had a concept that Jesus or the Messiah would come, take them into the millennial reign, and defeat their enemies. In other words, the Messiah would be like David. He would be a warrior, and he is. So, when these guys are following Jesus, and he's preaching the kingdom, they believe He's ushering in the millennial reign while he's here. And they, that's why they left everything, guys. They didn't leave everything to go preach Jesus and get people born again. They did it for the same reason that David had his mighty men. They wanted to rule and reign with him. They wanted to be big dogs. We want to sit. When you, when you kick everybody's booty. We will be there. And we will kick them with you. And then we will take over. You're going to sit on your throne. And which one of us are going to get to sit right beside you. Y'all remember this conversation? So this conversation. The whole concept of bearing sin. Never entered their mind. As a matter of fact, when I was in Israel, they reject Isaiah 53 and they say that the servant is Israel, not the Messiah. They say that passage is talking about Israel because, he, because the Bible calls Israel my servant. So when he's talking servant, so the concept of a, of a Messiah dying is not in the Jews' psyche. Not even now. And so they're waiting on their Messiah now to come kick Syria and Turkey and Russia. I mean, come whoop everybody. So when you're up there talking to them and you tell them about the, the tribulation period, they freak out. Thank y'all. It's amazing what you can learn when you go. I, I wasn't learning so much. I, the stuff I was learning was different than whatever else. I, I, I want to know this. Okay. So, are y'all with me? Now, John baptized with water, and you're going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost many, not many days from now. Wait a minute. Now, verse 21, John, not John 20, 21. Jesus said, peace be to you. As the Father sent me, I'm sending you, so you need to remember that. And when he said that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Ghost. What did they just get? Did they get born again? Yeah, they got born again. So naturally, he's not talking about him getting born again again. Now, let's, let's talk about denominational church. I am, I am not anti-denominational uh, Christians. I'm, I'm not. If you want to walk to the grocery store, I don't care. Walk. You want to live in a mud hut and with an outhouse? I, I, I will help you paint your outhouse. I don't care. But I don't want an outhouse. 
and I don't want to walk to the store. I want a pickup truck. I want some power. So, so it is. Don't, don't, don't do this. It's us. I'm not doing this. Don't do that with me because I'm not. But denominational Christians have said this is the this is the great commission to to the church: go into all the world and preach Jesus, so they can go to heaven. I'm reading it and going, that gets said a little bit more than that. It says, and go in all the world and preach the gospel. These signs will follow those who believe in my name. They'll cast out devils or they'll speak with new tongues. Or if they drink any deadly thing, it'll not hurt them. If they lay hands on the sick, they'll recover. And, and why would he tell us that? So did Jesus do this stuff? If he needed it, why don't we? Do we? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. And the devil knows it. I'm going to read something to you in a minute. And I'm going somewhere, and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm trying to whet your appetite for more of God. You can sit if you want. God don't, you can sit. But if you press in, if you stir up the gift of God, if the church begins to pursue God, you're going to see the same things. Um, you can be saved and go to heaven, but you're not going to have victory without faith. Now, when you leave this church, someone says, what kind of church is that? And we'll say this to you. Well, this is a faith church. And to you, that's like, I mean, all churches have faith. Yeah, faith in God came out of the fact that they, that they built the movement on the word. The, what does the word say? And that's where that word and faith, faith in God. Jesus, Jesus talked about faith. Where is your faith? According to your faith being unto you. Well, you know, if you say to this mountain, be thou removed, and it's not doubt in your heart. If you believe what you say, you'll have what you say. Have faith in God. That's where this movement began. With Christians coming out of denominational churches that, that were walking out going, I think there's more here than come to Jesus and go to heaven. And that's, that's what stirs people up. And that's what starts churches like this. Now, um, if it was, eh, never mind, I don't want to say that. Okay. Now, so we know they're born again. He says, John baptized you with the Holy Ghost and power. Now, look at verse 6. When they came together, they said, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom now? They're still waiting on them. Jesus, he's alive now. So let's go beat up the Romans. That's what he's asking. Now, once you learn what's going on here, your Bible starts making a little bit more sense. We read the Bible from an American Gentile mindset. We're looking at Jesus' past. They're, they have no TBN or nothing to go to right here. All they have is what Jesus said, and then he rose from the dead, he walks through the wall, and they're like, whoa, freaking dude, like you're a live man, like this is, this is wigging me out. And so he says, now, don't leave Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high, and they're going, like, like well, let's go kick some Romans. <laughs> they're not getting any of this. They don't, they're not getting this. So they had no idea, and no one did, that there would be a 2,000-year church age. Didn't know it. All right. Verse 7, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons 
which the Father has put in his own authority. Now, let's talk about sovereignty now. You've heard me say that the sovereignty message is messed up. But God is sovereign. There are things he didn't give to the church. All right, I'm going to name one. When Jesus returns, you can't pray about it. You can't change it in prayer. You can't take authority over it. Okay, I'll come over here. You know how many Christians go, well, let's just bring the Lord back. Hey, let me tell you something, numb nut. You're not going to. God did not place that in the authority of the church. We've got authority over all the work of the enemy, not Father. So there is a truth to the sovereignty message as long as you understand that God sovereignly gave healing, salvation, the Holy Ghost to the church. And it's ours. But the t- when he comes back and what he does is that's not been given. You can't change that. How many of y'all okay? Okay. So see, every truth's got, all, every lie's got a certain element of truth in it. Or it wouldn't stand. So does God run everything? Well, some things, yes. Everything, no. He ain't running everybody's life because they'd be tithing and be in church and be faithful. It's obvious he ain't running everything because he's got all these people not doing what he wants to. That, may, that means that he's making them disobey. Oh, that's kind of stupid, right? Okay, all right, all right. It is not for you to know the time and season which the Father put in his own authority. Mark that. That's sovereignty of God. But you'll receive power. The word power is dunamis. That's not new birth. Dunamis. When the Holy Spirit's come upon you, you'll be my witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other most parts of the earth. Let me ask you a question. How many of y'all ever read the story of the time that they set off the first atomic bomb in the desert here in the United States? Y'all ever read that story? They did it. They set one off. Well, it, it almost blinded them with glasses on, and the shock of it knocked them all down and miles and miles away. Do you think that God is more powerful than an A-bomb? Keep that thought. When we, what's that stuff they make? Um, Is it plutonium? What's, what's, What's that stuff that they run atomic submarines on? Uranium. Thank you. We had a really intelligent man here. Are you, when you have uranium the size of a softball, It'll run an atomic sub for 20 years. It's just a little softball of uranium. And it's got all these letters, UH2, no, 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 no. Okay. You have to ask somebody more intelligent than me. But now every country wants some of that. Iran would love to have some of that. Because that's how you make these big bombs. All right. So. If that's powerful, and it is, what do you think Zoe is? What do you think the life of God is? Is that powerful? When he says dunamis, we're not talking about a stick of dynamite. It's not a Clint Eastwood movie. We're talking atomic bomb stuff. We're talking God. Jesus gave you and I something very precious. 
that we have never really tapped into it. How long has electricity been around? Adam have it? You know what's funny? When I was in Israel and we looked at Herod's vacation home, that's, that's poverty. There's no AC. And they told us it had indoor plumbing. And I went in there. There's this rock. And you stick it in the wall. And you put a cheeky on one side and a cheeky on the other. And there's like water running through. And it washes it out. And that was like rich. Now, he would love to have my house. Right? I'm looking at this going, you guys were poor. Now, why did I say all that? Wouldn't he like to have had what we have? I mean, electricity was here then, but he didn't have it. I want you to think with me. Think with me. Been cool to own an airplane during the Civil War. Wouldn't that? Are y'all? I'm, I'm going to warn y'all. I, ha, I, have an, I have crazy imagination. I would love to get a, a Piper Cub in the Civil War and fly around. Wouldn't that? No, I mean, you're standing, these guys down here with muskets. And I'm up there with a camera going. But there were no airplanes and there was no cameras. But was lift there? Yes. There is so much of God we have, but we've not tapped it. Now, when I was a kid, this dates me. Does anybody remember Dick Tracy? The watch? That was cool. Dick Tracy, Dick Tracy. And it was impossible. There's no way to hook a telephone cord, you know, walk it. Oh, my God, I can't go anywhere until I take my watch off. So when I was a kid growing up, you had to go in the house. The phone rang. You took the cord. Well, in my house, if you have girls, you have a long cord. Because they pick up the phone and go, Mom. And they head in their bedroom and close the door. And if the party line gets on, you can hear them going, please get off, shut up, leave me alone. You can hear them. So everything's on the cord, but no one ever thought of that. But the technology has always been there. I'm trying to get you to go someplace. This word dunamis, there's a power here. The church has never tapped this, guys. You ever read the scripture? Don't get in condemnation. Are there any sick people in your church? He's asking a, a, what I'm going to call a dumb question. Because the church is full of sick people. Do you know why? Not God. We've never learned to use the uranium. We have never been schooled in Holy Ghost. 
And all of these men that are doing something with it, they're not special. It's just that they sought God. God gave them a revelation of how to make that substance work. That's all. It's for every one of us. It's not just for Benny Hinn. We sit in church today and we've turned church into a social club. We, we're supposed to be Holy Ghost people. Jesus did not do Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and teach the disciples things like walking on water for no stupid reason. Are y'all out there? He's trying to teach the church how to work in the kingdom. And he said, don't leave Jerusalem until you're endued with power. And we sit around and go, Shandai, Shandai, tie my bow tie. And we go home and God's going, what are they doing? Are y'all getting this? That there is so, the book of Acts was never intended to be a history book. It was a book for you and I to read it and go, oh shoot, are you serious? I want to do that. But we've never allowed, I think it was Andrew that wrote a book on your imagination. Do you know how radical it is to tell a Christian you can use your imagination. What if I have a thought that's not God? I have them all the time. I cast most of them down. Get out of there, get out of there. Everybody okay with this? I'm trying to, we're trying to take us in this church Someplace other than Shandai, Shandai, tie my bow tie. Two hymns, two hers, a sermon, and go home. See, no wonder people go, I don't want to go to church today. I, I almost don't blame people. Why don't, you, why don't you get in there and find out what's yours and quit waiting on someone else to do your praying for you? Okay, I'm going to take my shoes off. I'll go here. Listen, getting to be holy around here. All right, all right. Am I doing okay, Shirley? All right, okay. Y'all, this is important. This is, I'm, not, I'm not fluffing it with y'all. There is so much more to what we're, there. God has, he's sitting there going, oh gosh, I have so much I want to do with you. I want you to imagine Trump's son coming home in a, in a Volkswagen. He's going, that's nice. That's all you could, that's, okay, son, I mean, doodle bug, doodle bug, I guess, whatever. <laughs> I think God looks at us and goes, that's real good. I mean, you're now out of kindergarten, but are y'all ready for a whole lot more of this? All right, I'm going to read something to you, um, and, and I, I want you all to bear with me because this is one of, I'm going to turn my chair around here and sit like a weirdo. 
I'm going to read something out of John G. Lake's book, and, and I've read this story many, many, many times in my life, and it's, 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 kind of, it's very precious to me. And, and you understand, when you get saved like I got saved, since I've been saved, listen to me, I've been to heaven since I got saved. I've talked to Jesus walking through a wall and walked up to me since I've been saved. Once you, once you do this, nothing satisfies you. I can't do dead church. I, I, I can't handle uh, people sitting here Sunday morning going, On a friend of heaven, Jesus. <laughs> Please go home. Please, you're killing me, you know. See, once, once you've flown an airplane, you don't want to walk. I had an MGA Roadster when I was a kid. Anybody know what that is? 59. And then later, I messed the car up, and my mom gave me my bike back. Do you know what riding a bike is like after you've owned a car? <laughs> Everything's a long ways away, and you will do anything to get your car back. And so I did. And I had that motor rebuilt in the backyard, and we took it to the barn, and we hooked, we hooked a come along to it and snatched the motor out of that little dude and rebuilt that thing. I'm not walking anymore. I've already been 120. I don't want to do bikey, bikey. <laughs> bikey, bikey's fine when you're six, seven, and eight. But I, don't, but I, put, the, I put the Firestone tires away, and I want my car back. Well, that's the same way it is with the things of God. Amen. All right. I'm going to read this to you. This is a very uncomfortable chair. Are we ha is this fun? I don't have a note in the world. Am I doing all right? This is a vision that John G. Lake had in Portland. He went to, he went to Africa and started 500 churches. I mean, this man's life is phenomenal. Billy Brim put this. He, she got the notes of this and put this book in print. And when I see her, I'm going to kiss her for it. This is one of my favorite books in the world. This is one of those books if the house burned down, go get the John G. Lake book and leave. You know, it's kind of, I have a section that's in case the fire takes place. He could not, I could not sleep, so I walked in the shadows of the tall trees in Mount Tabor Park. Through the park is a footpath coming down through the trees that leads out to the street where we live. In my vision, I was seemingly out in the street at the, at the foot of a footpath and I looked up in the park, and I was attracted by a quite brilliant light far up in the park. It was very slowly coming down the pathway to the street. I looked. I stood somewhat surprised. I supposed it was a night man on some duty in the park, probably searching for something or somebody. As, as it approached, I discovered that instead... It was an angel presence, and the brilliance was an illumination of surrounding him. And he stood a few feet from me and said, I have come to answer your prayers. Isn't that something? Yes. Well, they do work, don't they? When you pray, they go to work. Come with me. Three wreaths, black, pink, and white. He dropped one of them on San Francisco, one in Honolulu. And he said, through great suffering, through much tribulation, these have conquered. China, a man, a European, was lying on the ground. Close by lay his wife. One side of her was a boy of seven or eight, and the other side was a girl, ten or twelve. 
Turning to me, the angel said, these have given their all for the Lord and his kingdom. And he took a white wreath and he held it in his hands. Tears fell on the wreath and each tear turned into a diamond. And it covered by sparkling diamonds, he dropped the wreath and it lit by the head of the dead missionary. Trans-Siberian Railway, this, remember this, 1920, to Moscow and Petrograd. He explained the state of suffering of those under Soviet rule. Some scenes were so pitiable, my own soul was moved to tears. He said, the dragon, the great red dragon, the hater of Jesus, the enthroner of the human beast, he shall come to his end and none will help him. I wanted to ask about Africa, but I was restrained by the demeanor of the angel. Only limited questions were permitted. Some he didn't consider worthy of an answer. Johannesburg, South Africa, the heart of Jesus was once gladdened here through the glory, the grace, and the power of God. But human pride, formalism, lack of faith have brought disappointment to the heart of him who we love. But the glory will return and the tried and true, those who have suffered and labored and prayed will be rewarded. All self-seekers will be dethroned. India, he could not, I could not comprehend the soul struggle of certain elements. The angel said, the present struggle is not a struggle to attain a knowledge of Jesus or to know his salvation. It is rather an endeavor to enthrone the heathen idea of human efficiency. Palestine, remember, that was Israel at the time. He was made conscious of the enmity between the Jews and the Arabs, and the angels said the kingdom's got to first be in the hearts of men. Portland. Now, this is probably what he's praying about, Portland, Oregon. He lives there. The church at Portland. To my amazement, on approaching the building high up in the atmosphere, a half a mile or more, I discern millions of demons organized like a shock, like a modern army. There were those who apparently acted as shock troops. They would charge with great ferocity, followed by a wave and another wave and another wave. After a little while, I observed there operated a restraining influence that constituted a barrier which they could not force themselves. With all of the ingenuity of humans at war, this multitude of demons seemed to endeavor to break the barrier and go further, but they were utterly restrained. In amazement, I said to the angel, what does it mean? He said, such is the care of God for those who strive in unselfishness for his best. I discerned the heart of the angel was overburdened. In answer to this, the angel said, human selfishness, human pride have consumed and dissipated the very glory and heavenly power God once gave from heaven to a movement as you have beheld tonight. Now, I'm going to stop here because I'm going to say something to you. Now, listen as I say what I'm going to say. Every church in this nation started off in a mighty move of God. People killed it. Church members kill the move of God. Because it becomes easy to come in. Sing three hymns, two hers, drop a little money in and go your way. When the church gets that way, the glory dissipates. The book of Acts was not written as a history book. God is bringing his church back to this. Are all going to go? No, they're not. Are all Christians going to? No, they're not. Now listen to what he said. 
Human selfishness and human pride have consumed and dissipated the very glory of God. It does today. That means that if you and I want this, there's a price. Now, the, you understand, I told you about the, the, the not-so-great commission. Going to all the world and tell people about Jesus so they'd be saved and make heaven. That's not the great commission. Lisa and I, and I told her I wasn't going to bring this up in my sermon, but I'm going to. I was in Israel, I asked him, I said, where did 5,000 men come from in Galilee? I mean, Nazareth is 200 people. And they're telling us that all these little villages around. And I looked at Lisa and I said, no way. No way. And I got home, and I got a map out of Israel, and it said that they came from Syria, Decapolis on the other side of Jordan, and down to Jerusalem. That's eight days walk south and eight days walk north. People walk to hear Jesus. Something's going on other than a good sermon. Where, he, now remember I read to you, I read this, as the Father sent me. When's the last time you saw Christians? And it's happening, it's happening. I've been in Kevin and Leslie's meetings where wheelchairs pop. I've been there. I've seen the power of God in move. I was born again. That's why I told you. That's why I went into all that detail. Not to just tell you a cute story. But that's, that is God's original plan for getting people saved. Now, and I, I, if we have smoke, it'll be because he shows up. If you ever come to church and the stage is smoky, we didn't do it. But has that happened? Oh, you better believe it's happened. I was talking to Mary Fran, and she said that a lot of the guys at Copeland's ministry were talking about why we went through a time in our charismatic churches where the anointing waned. And it did everywhere. Now, let me say something to you before, and I don't want to make you all mad. Just, just, just hold your horses. I can walk up to someone and lead them to the Lord without having a prayer life. You know, do you believe Jesus died on the cross, rose, and death? I've gotten people filled with the Holy Ghost without. But you're not going to deal with devils with that kind of prayer life. That, that's the difference Don't buck me when I'm teaching you to pray. Amen. I'm not teaching you to pray the prayer of faith. That's right. Amen. There is a prayer of faith. Yes. But there is a prayer of authority. Yes. Yes. And, and there's stuff going on in the spirit realm you don't know anything about. That's right. Jesus spent all night in prayer. He did not spend all night in prayer praying the prayer of faith. He's praying and he gets up from this prayer meeting and he goes out and, the, and, and, the, and devils come out of people. If you're not seeing more of it, now I'm going to read something to you. But you've got to be open to this. You, you don't know everything. I don't care who you are. I would say that if Kenneth Copeland was sitting right there. And Billy Brim and Jesse DePlanitz and, and, and Keith Moore and Andrew Walmack. You don't know everything. Don't, don't look at me and tell me you know everything. I know you don't know everything. 
I've had things happen to me since I've been born again. I had a demon show up in my house, and, I, and I'm sitting there staring at it, praying in tongues. Don't tell me that didn't happen to me. Don't you ever tell me that didn't happen to me. Amen. Know exactly what happens to Amen. me. Tell me my doctrine's wrong. It left. And I was praying up a hellacious storm. I was loud. Are y'all out there? Don't, don't, don't you know, oh, I, I get so mad at Christians. Yeah, let me say, let me make a statement to you, and I'm, this is going to make y'all mad. Stop being tongue-talking Baptist. Stop it. There's a lot more to God than just getting saved and talking in tongues every once in a while. There's a lot more to God than what we know. A lot more to setting people free, a lot more to the anointing, a lot more to the power of God. You know, when the Wright brothers were out thinking about flying airplanes, their dad was a pastor. He was in the church preaching the sermon. If God wanted a man to fly, they would given him wings. My rebellious sons are out on the beach, and it's Sunday, and they're out flying airplanes. Folks, the church has always been the stupidest people. Why do you think God gives heathen ideas? Don't shout. Don't, please don't get mad at me. You go, all these heathen have all these ideas. Well, why don't you quit being so religious? Does that make y'all? I don't mean to make y'all mad. It's just that God has so much. And he starts talking to you about something. You're like, that's wild. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Talking in a phone is wild. I don't think we've seen the end of it. I'm going to read this and i got to read a scripture to y'all. Are y'all okay with all this? I mean, uh, I may have made you mad, but just pretend like you're not. Be in faith. I already know the ones I make mad, they never come back. That's all right. We were on the footpath and he took a step or two away and a sort of despair in my heart cried. And I said, Angel... These are struggling for one of an ideal. What constitutes real Pentecost? What ideals should we hold in the minds of a man for the will of God exhibited in a movement like this? And he's still talking about the vision he just had. During this time, I was carrying my Bible in my hand, and the angel reached for the Bible. He opened the book of Acts. And he read his finger down, Acts chapter 2, the portion where the Spirit of God fell from heaven. Proceeding through the book of Acts to the end, it was great outpourings, revelations, phenomenon. He said, this is Pentecost, like God gave it, through the heart of Jesus. Strive for this, contend for this, teach the people to pray for this. This and this alone will meet the necessity of the human heart. This alone has the power to overcome the forces of darkness, and this alone does. You cannot have a church without the Holy Ghost. It's a social club. Woo! I don't want a social club. That means that when you come Sunday morning, get out of your bed and say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Take your watch off. Quit coming in here with an with a, I'm going to hear a sermon. If God wants you to sing for two hours, he died for you and rose from the dead for you and took your place, well, you should come sing for a little while. 
What else do you have to do better than worship God anyway? He ain't got anything to do. If he wants to have tongues and interpretation, he wants to do. The old line Pentecostals had something. Old camp meetings. I'm going to tell you, you ever read about the Baptist camp meeting? They tried to stop people from getting drunk in the Holy Ghost and were completely unable to do it. I had a Baptist periodical in my office till I loaned it to somebody and never saw it again. I wish I would never done that. And they said in there, there were those unruly among us and we attempted to, to dis- dissuade them, but we were unable. <laughs> they would fall out of wagons laughing hysterically and murmuring. Plow. <laughs> And was Baptist, and God went, I don't care if you're Baptist. I don't want to, I think I'm coming to your camp meeting. Every move of God has been birthed that way. But we kill it. Let's just make up our mind, we ain't killing this one. We're not killing this one. All right. Now, as the angel was departing, he said, pray, pray, pray. You teach your people to pray. Prayer and prayer alone, much prayer, persistent prayer, is the door to the entrance into the heart of God. He said the white wreath is his best, pink is second, and black is for all who fail in their fight. All right, let's go to Acts 8. And when I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're going to go through one little story. Philip went down to the city of Samaria, preached Christ to young people, one court came. Okay, look, verse 29. The Spirit said to Philip, when's the last time the Holy Ghost told you to do something? When's the last time you led some of the Lord because the Holy Ghost told you? What about Ananias? You know, they didn't even have a cell phone. How did they do it? You got to study the life of, of Lester Summerall and Howard Carter. Lester Summerall approached Howard Carter in Arkansas and said, The Lord told me that I was to travel with you. Howard Carter said, Okay, I'll meet you in San Francisco and left. Did Lester hear from God? We hope so. How's he going to know where he is? Ask God. He gets to San Francisco. There's a note. Meet me in the Philippines. No, New Zealand. Got the New Zealand. Howard Carter said, meet me in the Philippines. He didn't hook up with until he got to the Philippines. Well, I, don't, I think I'd have gotten lost. Well, then, then you're not called. Listen, the early church didn't have cell phones. How did they do? This is supernatural, folks. We are supernatural. I told Lisa this one time. I think I made her mad. I don't go shopping without him. I know where my clothes are before I leave the house. Lord, where's that? I don't want to spend all day shopping. I know that sounds weird. It it sounded weird to Lisa for a little while. Now she's crazy as I am. (laughs) I don't have time, but I got to tell you another story one time about about the Holy Ghost. But I'm not going to do that. Make Lisa look bad. Anyway, when when we were dating, she's pretty naive. She is totally not naive anymore. I can't pull nothing over on her anymore. But I used to mess with her all the time. When the Spirit said to Philip, go near the chariot. 
And Philip ran and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and says, do you understand what you're reading? He said, how can I? God, Holy Ghost, let him down to talk to this guy. Unless someone guides me and he says, and he says come sit with me in the place of the scripture, Isaiah 53. And he read it, verse 34, and the eunuch said to Philip, I ask you, who is he talking about, himself or another man? Philip opened his mouth and began the scripture, preached Jesus. When they went down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, here's water. What hinders me being baptized? Philip said, nothing. Come on. Let's get down in the river. Dunked him down. And he answered and said, I believe Jesus, Son of God, command the chariot. Stand still. Philip went down in the water. When he came down the water, Spirit of God, bam, caught him away into another town. He didn't walk there. He, was, he went. He disappeared. And went there. Boom. I want to do that. They shouldn't have put that in my Bible. You sit on an airplane for 12 hours, you're going, zip us. Come on, guys. Come on, I know. You, you, you're not ever going to do this if you don't have someone look at you and go, that's what it's in there for. I mean, none. And we had dinner planned, and my buddy Gray and his girlfriend, A.T., came over. And so me and my wife took all of our dinner and hid it in the refrigerator. <laughs> Closed it, sat around them, talked, and prayed they'd leave so we could eat. We don't have enough food for them. Gray eat like a horse. <laughs> we, only had one can of, we only had one can of corn. And we opened it up after they left, and I felt bad. God, that's, that's not right. I just felt terrible. You know, they came over during dinner, and I hid our dinner. <laughs> and I did another stupid thing. I vowed to God, I'll never do it again. Well, what do you think the next time I had dinner? They came again. But no, no, not Gray and A.T. Gray and A.T., Nancy and Chastity. <laughs> and my mother. And me and my wife and two girls. And we had one can of corn, one one. We had, all we had was just a few items for dinner. And we said, let's just pray over it. We did. We ate, didn't think anything about it. We all had dinner. We talked, talked about Jesus. And, and the next morning when I woke up, the Holy Ghost said, go to the refrigerator and open the refrigerator, son. I looked in there and there's Tupperware. He said, pour it back in the can. I got in the, in the, in the trash can. I pulled the can out, one can. I poured the thing, it filled the can up. We all ate corn, and the can's still full. And I went, yeah, oh, awesome. <laughs> now, you know, I love, these, I love this stuff. Are y'all seeing, this is, this is supposed to be a way of life for us. Actually done. And I, I said I, I wrote two scriptures down. I didn't use either one of them. So how many of y'all are understanding where the Holy Ghost is going with me? Are y'all ready? Because I, he, said in that, he said in that book, contend for it. That means you and I have to wake up and go, we're having this. We're going to have the gifts of the Holy Ghost. We're having healings. We're having the, the, all of the gifts of the Spirit. I'm, I'm ready. I, I do not believe our young people are supposed to grow up 
become teenagers and leave this church. Oh, no, they're not. And someone made a statement one time, well, you don't want to preach this or freak them out. Let me tell you something. They're on the Internet right now watching the demonic. What do you think Harry Potter is? Pointing at a window and telling it to open. You're gonna, they're watching the demonic and you are afraid to go to a church where someone speaks in tongues. One more story. I'm in GNC one day and a little kid, was, a little Harry Potter boy walked up and he did little fingers at me. And he looked at me and he started doing na 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 or something. And I looked at him and I said, and I'm praying out loud in tongues in the GNC. His mom's over there shopping for vitamins, you know. And this kid is putting the hoobies on me, and I'm putting the jubies on him. And I'm cursing it. In Jesus' name. He's going, and his mom's going, honey, what are you doing on this? We got this, baby. I got this. I'm getting the devil out of that boy of yours. Put your Harry Potter mess on me. <laughs> Somebody say, you bold. Why aren't you? Can I tell you another story? I'm going to anyway. The clock stopped. We were sitting up in the Golden Heights. I said this Sunday morning, but I want to tell it to you again. And everybody went outside because it is freezing out there. And I had a ski jacket, and it was still cold. So I turned around and came back. I thought somebody in this group's got to have some brains. Anyway, all Lisa and all the rest of them out taking pictures of all the IDF. They're up on the mountain and all that stuff. And I'm sitting in there by myself, and I got a cup of latte. And I'm sitting there, and I, and I just started singing. And, it's, you know, your voice sounds cool where there's just glass. And so I just started singing, what a mighty God we serve. Now, you know, because I don't, they're Israelis, but I don't care. And finally, I got the bright idea, I wonder if I could make this in Hebrew. So I started singing in tongues. And all of the, guy, all the guys out there just, just kind of, they don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> they know it's not their language, but they, what, 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 why in the world do you care? <laughs> and so I walked back a few minutes later and he said, keep singing. I said, sing with me. I mean, I really wanted to worship God. And I know I'm in a public place, but you know what? I've heard, I've heard all kinds of stuff in public places. Why not someone singing in the Holy Ghost real loud? I mean, it sounded cool. You, it sounded like you're in the bathroom, you know? My voice echoed off everything. It sounded, I sounded good. It's probably the only time I ever sounded good. I sat there and just got drunk in the spirit, looking at Mount Moriah in the, in the Golan Heights in Jerusalem, getting drunk in the Holy Ghost. And all the Israelis were back there. Yeah. Y'all ready for more God? I am too. I've seen more. I go in and out of pieces. There's times I have more and sometimes I don't. And I always go, come on, God. And I know it's not him. I know it's me. I know Satan sidetracks me, and I know I got to press in. 
Are you all ready? We're going to do some pressing in this church. Father God, I want to thank you for the opportunity to come into a church tonight and just preach the word. I pray that everything that I said with my mouth tonight brought glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. You have done so much for us. You died for us. But you did not expect us to stay at the cross. You wanted us to go on. You said, don't leave Jerusalem till you're full of power. And Father, we've done that. We've kept that commandment and been filled with the Holy Ghost. And Father, I'm asking that we start learning something about this person that we have with us. There's no reason to live a defeated life with him around. You're so awesome. So much more for us. You said that he'd lead us and guide us into all truth. Now, through, the, through John G. Lake, the angel told him to contend and pray for it. So we're praying now. I'm asking you for such a move of God in our homes and our families. We have a supernatural God. We have a supernatural new birth. We're full of the supernatural. Why not a lot more supernatural in our life, Heavenly Father? Father, thank you for your goodness and mercy. I pray we go home tonight and go, boy, it was good to be in church. It always is. We're expecting greater things in the days to come. Thank you, sir, in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.